it's been hot, really hot. But the warm weather is retreating, giving way to a storm. A storm on the railways and a storm in the northern quarter. This is the Manchester Weekly from the mill. Hello, I'm Daryl Morris. Yoshi is off on his hard-earned summer break, so the mill's brilliant. Danny Cole joins us on the Manchester Weekly this week. Danny, hello there. Hello, how are you doing? Yes, I'm really well. You are in the mill's newsroom at the moment. I'm at our Media City studio. And, and frankly, Danny, it's a wonder we've been able to get out of the house with all of the, uh, the transport issues that we've been dealing with this week. Yeah, it's been an absolute nightmare, but um, hopefully things will sort of um, get, get a bit better. I mean, they only can. They can only get better from here, uh, can't they, Danny, I think. Although, although I don't know, maybe be careful what I wish for. Uh, we'll, also, we'll, we'll talk about that this week. We we'll also need to uh, uh, consider a brewing storm in the northern quarter, uh, and we're going to return to some reporting that we've talked about the last couple of weeks in Moss Side as well. The story, sad story at the start of this week, uh, of another shooting in Moss Side. It's a part of the world we've had our eye on uh, for a while, mm. hasn't it? Uh, let's, um, yeah. let's kick off that Danny and dive straight into the transport problems shall we uh, so there's lots to consider around this bus strikes continuing on some Arriva Northwest services uh, but Andy Burnham has been speaking this week uh, Danny and has announced a scheme to get people to use the buses that are running yeah so I'm actually very excited about this because I, I do use the bus quite a lot so um, Andy Burnham has announced that there is going to be a cap on bus fares um, so that will be kicking off in the first full week of September um, it's the plan is to sort of encourage people to use more buses obviously with the cost of living you know outpacing um, you know people's wages um, he's hoping that this this bus cap will sort of get people back on the bus so for adults, the maximum fee for a bus fare will be no more than £2 for any sort of single journey. And for, child- or for children aged 16 to 18, bus journeys will be free for them. So um, that's really exciting. And obviously, um, some people have you know, said it's a huge help. And it is sort of the biggest change to buses since the 1980s deregulation. And this is the sort of thing, Danny, that we've talked about a lot on this podcast and just generally across Greater Manchester for a while now, which is trying to re- sort of replicate the the, the, the the same sort of transport standards that they have in London. And this is mm. this is you if you get a bus in London, it, you, this sort of maximum single fare thing is par for the course. You'll know it really, really well. And mm. it's over here in Greater Manchester, it's been a much patchier affair, hasn't it? So this kind of brings us in line a bit, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely. Um, I remember when I used to live in London, you know, um, there was the Hopper Fair um, and that was probably the one thing that I really liked about living in London is that you could, you know, use any sort of form of public transport quite easily. Um, and then when I moved up here to Manchester, you know, if I had to catch a few buses, it would, you know, could very easily sort of top, you know, edge towards maybe six, seven pounds um, for a few journeys. So absolutely. And the, so the figures are £2 maximum single fare for adults, £1 maximum fare for under-16s, £2.50 or £5, depending on where you are, unlimited travel uh, in any day, mm-hmm. and free travel put for passengers aged between 16 and 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so so this is that, that so basically it's going to be a fiver. It's going to be the absolute yeah. maximum that you will ever pay on a bus. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, very helpful. Um, and, and speaking of London and London transport, getting there is uh, enough of a challenge at the moment. Um, uh, Andy Burnham's also written to the operators of Avanti West Coast, hasn't he, this week, Danny? Mm. Uh, and we've, we've started to see the introduction of their reduced timetable. 
Yes. So on Sunday, um, that was the first day that we saw sort of a reduction in the timetable. So usually there are three services from uh, Manchester Piccadilly to London Euston, um, and that has been reduced to one. On Monday, he tweeted that there had been 12 cancellations from Manchester Piccadilly um, because of the the strikes um, going on. Um, And he sort of issued some concerns over sort of this reduced timetable, which was supposed to offer stability to uh, passengers. Um, So he wrote to the Transport Secretary, Grant Schnapps, asking for um, either the reintroduction of full services or kind of terminating Avanti's contract um, and it caused a little bit of a spat because um, Schatz replied that he should sort of take the issue up with the, the rail unions Right, okay and, and, and beyond putting that kind of pressure on what can Andy Burnham do? I mean, I suppose he is the mayor of Greater Manchester, one of the key destination points for Avanti West Coast, right? I mean, when we've seen him act so firmly on the buses, what power mm. does he actually have in this realm? Well, as you know, Daryl, you know, um, sort of the issues with um, the rail lines across the country, you know, a lot of people have been calling for rail services to be um, brought back under public control, something that obviously Andy Burnham is, you know, sort of gunning for for Manchester's buses. But um, a Apart from that, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure um, what he can do. Um, obviously, his pleas to um, the government have fallen on deaf ears. Um, so we'll just have to keep an eye on that. And as you listen to this, probably as you listen to this, I am likely to be on uh, a six hour National Express bus to London uh, Thursday afternoon uh, into Thursday night. That's my um, <laughs> that's going to be my life. <laughs> so as your transport uh, is, is getting better, Danny, mine's getting considerably worse uh, as I travel between Manchester and London. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um, uh, well, we'll put a pin in that for now because I think we'll come back to it in our conversation about the Tory leadership at Hustins, talking about sort of levelling up and productivity and transport in and around the north of England uh, will probably be on the agenda for the uh, Tory leadership candidates Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak as they mm. arrive in Greater Manchester this week for their Hustins. We'll get to that in a sec. Firstly, uh, we need to consider Moss Side. We've talked a lot on this pod- uh, podcast, haven't we, Danny, about mm. Moss Side, about the perception of gang culture, the reality on the ground and the impact that it has on the community. Uh, this mm. week, a tragic story, a man who's died after a shooting in Moss Side. What more do we know? Yes. So on Monday, uh, in the early hours of Monday morning, so about quarter past um, midnight, um, police were called to Claremont Road after there were reports of um, a discharge of a firearm. Um, and when they arrived on the scene, they found a young man they believed between to be 18 to 25 years old with serious injuries. He was taken to hospital, but was pronounced dead shortly afterwards. This shooting follows um, closely from the Manchester Caribbean Festival, which was taking place over the weekend. So a really lovely, vibrant community festival, which saw you know a parade and sort of um, different community events happen. It is unfortunate that Prior to the Caribbean Festival, Greater Manchester Police were criticised for issuing um, sort of highly controversial letters that they issued to members of the community around around Moss Side, which basically said that they had been identified as a member of a gang or they had been identified as being associated with sort of gang activity and therefore they would be barred from attending this event. Um, residents in the area, um, you know, after the shooting were quite rightly concerned about um perhaps controlling large-scale events um, to sort of reduce the risk of, you know, really horrible things like this happening again. Goodness me, I hadn't uh, clocked that, Danny, I must admit. I I missed that. The the Greater Manchester Police had effectively barred some members of the community from attending that carnival. 
Mm, absolutely. Uh, I think an investigation by um, Novara Media actually found that, you know, what GMP had done was was illegal. But um, we'll be keeping an eye on that story. Blimey. As and, it develops. Yeah. And look, this is this is something that we've talked about a lot, as we say on the podcast, Andy, and we've considered, haven't we? Um, mm. The stories that, that follow the young, the stories of sort of young black men being prosecuted uh, for being believed to be affiliated with gangs. And, and, and I suppose there's a lot of those themes in this story again. Mm, absolutely. Um, you know, um, we've done considerable reporting on Moss Side, particularly our reporter, Jack Delante, who, you know, met, met a few people who'd been affected by people who had experienced deaths associated with gangs and, and shootings and violent crimes. So he wrote a really uh, lovely piece a few weeks ago, um, and I recommend you, you, you read that. Yeah, he, he beautifully humanised uh, that story, didn't he? And the people at the heart of it. I don't think you really know that story about Moss Side until you've read that angle. So do. ManchesterMill.co.uk is where you find that. You can find Jack's piece and you can subscribe to that. It's also where you will find continued coverage of that story in Moss Side. ManchesterMill.co.uk As well as that, Danny, no doubt plenty of reflections of the Tory party hustings. The mm. leaders are in town uh, in Greater Manchester this week. They've been in and out of Greater Manchester a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but there is an actual Hustings uh, mm. in Greater Manchester this week. What can we expect? Oh, I think definitely levelling up um, will be an issue that um, Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak will have to contend with. Obviously, the cost of living crisis. And yes, definitely, since Avanti made the headlines this this week, they, I'm sure there will be some more discussion around transport and trains. So um, I will be attending the hustings and I will be keeping everyone up to date. And hopefully next week there will be a, a very colourful report as I try and meet the, the Conservatives of Manchester. And we've also heard some some interesting stuff from Liz Truss in the last couple of days, haven't we, Danny, about uh, productivity. And I think this was a leaked tip of, of Liz Truss talking about a sort of lack of productivity in the British workforce and the, the sort of need for the British to basically sort of work harder or work smarter or, or whatever else. Um, and this is a big talking point at the moment. And it's this is big in the levelling up thing, isn't it? We've been hearing a lot about, and this links us, and there's a reason we put a pin in the story about transport, because this links us back to the, the the issue of being able to get around Greater Manchester or the north of England and how that could be impacting our productivity and perhaps impacting the north-south divide when it comes to productivity. That's probably going to be on the agenda, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw a tweet, I um, can't remember who it was from, but someone was saying that, um, you know, surely this cost of living crisis would perhaps encourage people to get back into the office and sort of um, curtail the work from home. Um, and their argument was, you know, if, if you're back into the office, you've got, you know, heating, uh, internet, and therefore you're sort of reducing living costs. But um, someone very quickly fired back that, you know, the cost of getting to work and the additional sort of time associated with, with the commute would pr- probably perhaps be more... Um, prohibitive and more sort of unattractive than than sort of you know staying at home so definitely um that that will be an issue it's in the mix isn't it for sure mm. um, i would also highly recommend yoshi's brilliant conversation with uh, diane coyle from last week's episode last our last sunday edition of the manchester weekly from the mill uh, she polls on decades of experience as an economist and an advisor at the treasury and a northerner as well uh, to drill into what leveling up should really look like few people have done as much work on uh, on productivity in the northwest 
and and the sort of the, the economic rhythms uh, of uh, of Greater Manchester than Diane Coyle. She really knows her stuff. It's had a lot of really good feedback. Actually, one of our best episodes yet, in fact, uh, uh, in terms of numbers. Lots of people interested to hear from Diane Coyle, and I would recommend it as well. She gives us her insight into what levelling up should really look like. And um, also this week, uh, Danny, there is a storm brewing on Port Street. A mural of the iconic Joy Division frontman Ian Curtis has been, <gasps> shock horror, painted over. What is this? <laughs> Yes, so um, I think photos emerged sort of last night on Twitter. Um, most most of the sort of storms these days seem to be ha- happening on Twitter, but um, showed a photo of you know the iconic uh, mural painted by street artist um, Axie, um, sort of being painted over in, in black paint. Um, and it turned out that um, there was going to be a promotional advert for um, British rapper um, H's uh, debut album, and understandably, people were. In, up in arms about it um, obviously because um, it was painted to raise awareness for a mental health charity um, and also you know the mural is so iconic is, is that uh, the mural is so iconic it's listed as a tourist attraction on Google um, is it, so, is it? <laughs> yes so, um, very good yeah, perhaps perhaps that will need to be updated but um, I think the, pro- the, the issue's been rectified so H um, himself um, sort of responded um, to, to sort of the, the criticism and the sort of the backlashing that he you know he's not um in charge of sort of um choosing where where sort of adverts go and that he would never sort of diss um an icon like ian um intentionally so he's promised that the the issue is going to be fixed and i believe that um the the progress they were making in sort of doing this advert is, has now been reversed so right. um it's the it's been repainted over and hopefully ian curtis will be restored to his former glory <laughs> do you know what you've got to feel for h in all this haven't you he's a, if you don't know h he's a he's a he's a sweet little guy actually he's, a, he's early 20s he's from new moston himself so he's a manchester lad uh, and he's a he's a sort of british rapper he's got a huge amount of support uh, mm. Uh, yeah, he's got he's a massive massive fan base um, and, and he's kind of been caught in the middle of this whole situation hasn't he for yeah. it yeah <laughs> bless him but um, Peter, Peter Hook actually sort of uh, responded and said you know um, and thanked him for sort of the great gesture but sadly it caused a bit of a, a beef between sort of um, Ian Curtis fans and um, sort of dissing who were, who were dissing H saying you know there's no comparison between between uh, Ian Curtis and H and sort of uh, there's a bit of a Slinging, but but um, hopefully um, everyone sort of rallied together and um, the issue will be resolved soon. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, a couple of quick hits for us to talk about as well uh, before we go this week, Danny. And we've been watching the trial of the uh, Manchester City footballer Benjamin Mendy as well in court this week. What have we learned? Yeah. So uh, the 28 year old footballer has been accused of eight counts of rape, one of attempted rape, and one of sexual assault. And he's sort of the being accused of predatory behaviour and sort of pursuing the women involved, turning sort of sex into a game so the court has heard. And he was, the court was told that Mr. Mendy raped three women in one night following a pool party at his mansion in Chester and also on a trip to Manchester's China White nightclub. So um, the details which are emerging are understandably quite distressing but the trial is, uh, is expected to last for about three months so we'll We'll just be keeping an eye on this one. Okay, and uh, we're saying that Benjamin Mendy denies those charges against him. Elsewhere this week, Danny, William Rag, who you're best known as the Tory MP for Hazelgrove, this week has tweeted that he's taking a break. 
Yes. So he's tweeted he was banishing the black dog um, with sort of a waving hand emoji and a dog emoji. And he shared that he had been living with depression and anxiety for, you know, um, for quite a long time. In fact, he sort of said, um, I've lived with it for most of my adult life and at the moment he's admitted that sort of his depression anxiety have reached um, quite severe levels so he is taking a short break just for his um, mental health to sort of recuperate and to sort of take a step back good for him frankly good for him more of that i think more stepping back and taking a break and more looking after yourself okay uh, what else is going on in the mill newsroom danny take us into uh, your surroundings where you are right now uh, what are you guys working on um, well, it's a bit of a quiet one uh, just because um, Jack Delante is currently on holiday. So it's just myself and Sophie Atkinson who are running the ship until Jack gets back. Do you know what? It's so about we... time the girls run the world, isn't it? Danny, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, we will be taking over and then that will be it. Um, so during the weekend, we're running an extract from a book called Dandelions by um, uh, someone called Thea Lenardudzi. And it's being published by an indie publisher Fitzcarraldo so the book is due out in September but we have managed to get our hands on a very nice extract so we will be sort of previewing it at the weekend the book is about Lena's family history which spans four generations and it's sort of it's a story of migration between England and Italy and there is actually um, a nice part in the book where she talks about her her nonna so um i think that's her, her grandmother who sort of moved over to manchester and then this really sort of lovely detail that I, I managed to get a sneak peek of where she talks about remember her family telling her when they moved over here in the 1950s they found lodgings in long sites and all the buildings were made of red brick Unorosa forte come il sangue, so strong red like blood. And I just thought, wow, what a lovely, what a lovely sort of uh, image there. So um, readers will have that to look forward to at the weekend. And then I recently went to a public health through funeral last week. So this is when person dies and they have no next of kin who have come forward to claim them or are able to arrange their funeral. So that is sort of passed into the hands of the local authority so this this in this case manchester city council so what started as a story of sort of someone dying alone um has sort of taken a bit of a, a dramatic turn so i won't reveal everything yet just because um there's still some more reporting to do but um mm-hmm. that is something you can look forward to as well great okay excellent uh, all of those stories and much more everything you need to know manchestermill.co.uk is where you go to subscribe and we also recommend some bits and bobs to do around greater manchester every week don't we danny so what yeah. have you got your eye on okay so there is going to be an exhibition that's going to celebrate manchester's lgbtq plus community it's called proud and it will be kicking off on saturday and running until the 2nd of september so it's an audiovisual exhibition so you'll be able to listen to spoken stories of um, 20 people from the lgbt community who have either lived or worked in Manchester about sort of their experiences and there will be some really lovely large-scale blown-up portraits of them so keep an eye out in Manchester city centre as there's going to be sort of a a trail of living portraits sort of dotted around the place excellent good stuff Um, and my recommendations if you'll allow I've got three actually if that's all right with you the village screen pop-up cinema is back this summer Uh, they host screenings of classic films in cool locations I went to see Jurassic Park in a cave in Derbyshire last 
last summer, which is really good. It's a lot of fun. They've got like a little bar and you can get sweets and popcorn and blankets and stuff. It's really lovely. Uh, this weekend they are showing Dirty Dancing and the Grand Budapest Hotel. Dirty Dancing's on Friday and the Grand Budapest Hotel on Saturday night. Uh, at Victoria Baths, which is a cracking location anyway, just an excuse to spend some time in that wonderful venue, but when they light it beautifully and stick a film on, it's really worth seeing. Uh, also this weekend, Heaton Park Food Festival is back on Saturday at Heaton Park. Chefs and music and drink and dogs and loads of fun for the family uh, if the weather holds out. And if you are in the city centre this weekend, especially around St Anne's Square, which I know is where the, uh, your office is, isn't it? Uh, the Mills offices, uh, Danny. Uh, keep an eye yeah. out for the human chess pieces of Gambit. It's a bit of street theatre uh, that's bringing the game of strategy to life. I don't really know what that is or what it is, what it means or what to expect, but there will be humans pretending to be chess pieces throughout the city centre happening on Saturday. The idea is you're supposed to just sort of bump into it. So do keep an eye out for it. That's it from us for this week. We are back in your podcast feed on Sunday. We've got an interview this week uh, with Mark Fletcher, who you'll better know as the chief executive of Manchester Pride. It's been a rocky couple of years for Manchester Pride, not least because, of course, the pandemic has meant that the event hasn't been able to go ahead. But there's been severe criticism of his handling of the organisation, of the charity element of where the money goes and the priorities for Manchester Pride. He answers some of those questions ahead of this year's big weekend at the end of the month. So that's in your podcast feed on Sunday. Hit subscribe and you'll be notified as soon as it lands. For now, Danny, thank you. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe to Danny's brilliant work. ManchesterMill.co.uk is where you go to do that. Catch you next week. 